So uh, you may not know this, but we have been a church now for nine years. Come on. And so we're celebrating Palm Sunday. Uh, I think we actually missed it by a week, honey. I, can I just be transparent? Was it last week? I think just the way that Easter fell, I think actually our official nine year was last week. Oh, okay. But we're pretending like it's this week. So have you ever had like a birthday month or a birthday week? Yeah. Do you guys do that too? Do you take advantage of your birthday? Like when it's your birthday? Am I the only one that does that? I'm like, I'll, for a whole week and the, the whole family's like, dad, your birthday was like two weeks ago. I'm like, I don't care. You didn't even buy me anything. So be nice to me. So uh, I'm just kidding. But so it, we've been at church for nine years. So today my wife and I notice we're sitting in our seeker friendly stools. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we're going to, uh, we're going to share a little bit of the journey of what God's, what God has done and just where we're headed as a church. It's really exciting. And so um, if it is your first time again, we want to welcome you and uh, we hope to connect with you. And my wife already mentioned this, but after service at the Engage screen back there, we want to connect with all the first time visitors if you want to come by or if you've been coming for a month or so and you've never met us. So are you ready, baby? And people are shy because like I'll run into someone. They're like, I've been coming to your church for a year and a half. Well, hello, come back to the engage thing. Don't come here that long and then not We meet didn't us. have that a year and a half ago. Yeah, but we've been having it for a while. That's true. Yeah, okay. Speak that spirit of truth. You want me to start? Yeah. You should start. You look really beautiful today. So we're going to take a little trip down memory lane and just talk, kind of talk about <laughs> where we are and kind of how we got started. Yeah. And um, I know, like, for us, for me personally, when it was maybe 12 or 13 years ago, Zach was like, I feel like I want to plant a church. I feel like God's calling us. And there was some fathers in our lives that had spoke that to us. And we didn't really know, like, what does plant a church mean? Um, and I was like, no, mm -mm, I'm not supposed to be a pastor's wife. That's not my calling. Because um, I don't have big hair and I don't play the piano. And in my mind, that's what a pastor's wife did. She, you know, she was the one with the big hair playing the piano. Yeah. Okay, some of you guys understand that. I've been in church a really long time. As almost as old as I am, like, which is like 32. Lies. How dare you lie in church, let alone church from the pulpit. When you're a This female, is a holy and anointed pulpit right here. When you're a girl and you um, shade the color of the age, that's not lying. That's just being, um, you know, um, positive. Whatever. Self-encouraging. You're, 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 you're only like four years older than that, so it's not that big of a deal. No, What's four years? When I was 35, you kept saying, you're practically 40, honey. Yeah, because I was just making fun of you. Now I'm 36. But I keep getting better and better looking, though. I know. So at least that's what she says. I don't know. Okay, we're, we're rambling. But we just found these videos of when, our, when we were first married. And then I, I was looking at these home videos. We don't have home videos anymore because everybody has an iPhone. But do you guys remember you had to carry around a camcorder to capture moments? Yeah. And then, like, how do you watch them? It's just... Thank God for technology. But we were watching these old videos. We were so cute and little. That was so funny. <laughs> I have to share this, though. So we're watching Sarah and David, our oldest two. Sarah's my daughter right here. She was singing, leading worship. She just turned 18. David is 16. He's helping in kids' church. And they're really little, and they're so stinking cute, man. And it's like Christmas morning, and little David with his curly hair comes down, and Sarah's like, I have to show David how to play with my, my princess toys. And he's like, I want to play with boy toys. <laughs> like he didn't want nothing to do with that Barbie stuff. And his little voice was deep. So Layla, our four-year-old, did not like that we were just in awe of the beauty of these other babies. And she's the baby. So she's like, I'm not on these videos. And she starts crying. We're like, we created a monster. <laughs> she goes in the room on Rochelle's iPhone to watch Instagrams of her. Yeah. While we're watching and reminiscing about the other little ones. That is not an exaggeration. And she comes out, and I've, I've played this video in front of the church. She's like, Dad, Daddy, you remember the video of me walking down on the grass and dancing and going like this? And like... <laughs> 
trying to take the attention back. Anyways. Because she's used to it. Yeah, we're rambling. So when we when God was like plant a church, I was like, no, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. But we went through the season of really God just speaking to us significantly about the value of people. Yeah. And and really just getting um, getting our hearts captivated with what captivates His heart, which is just one person at a time. And so we have this scripture, if you want to read it, sweetie. Before we read it, I do want to say this. Like, if I was really honest, I think when I first aspired or desired to be in ministry, I think some of it was like, I want, maybe I'll feel significant, um, you know, in in a place of authority or or position or, or maybe for some reason, you know, that's, and so a lot of people and sometimes ministry, the desire for ministry comes from, uh, the lack of significance that we feel like we don't think we're significant unless we're preaching or doing worship or, or some sort of gifted setting. And th- the reason why is because our value system in the church, it, we elevate those things. And so uh, it took a while for us to realize it's not about a platform, proverbially speaking. I mean, we have a platform because it's easy for people to see uh, when you, you know, in a larger setting. But you know, it was like God was just breaking our hearts in a good way for the things that broke his heart. And we began to take, so there's a three-year period. Let's talk a little bit about the three-year period. This is the uh, the Holy Trinity years, the three-year period before the church plant. Yeah. And uh, you tell the story of like how it was just, you're just crying face yeah. down on the carpet and God, you're just letting God love you. And we're praying for revival and we feel like we're ready to just part the Red Sea. And then God says, I want you to camp. I just want you to pray. And this was the reason why is God was giving us his heart for the city. And this is what we felt like the Lord said to us. He said, if you, if you want to do this, he's like, if I can trust you with one, I can trust you with many. So my wife and I were very intentional and we would, we wanted to plan a church, but we would just go out and look for one person to minister to. And we weren't trying to, you know, gather a, a big gathering in a room and call ourselves pastor and make sure that, you know, you call us pastor. Because when we first got, like, you know, uh, launched as a church, it felt good to hear that. Like, call me Pastor Zach. Say that again. What did what, you say? Come on, somebody. But how many know our culture? We're not about title. Like, you don't have to call me Pastor Zach. You're not going to get in trouble. Or you're not going to say you should honor Pastor Zach. No, we don't. Because a lot of that, that honorary stuff is really just flattery. And, and the stuff like, oh, we have to honor and honor. And, and I believe in honor, but not masked as flattery. That's right. Like sometimes we don't know the difference between the two because our value system is religious politics and trying to get to the top because we want, we will feel more significant if we're in a place of authority. Yeah. But I remember just being unraveled our whole value system that it's about people and relationship. Talk about the frustration during this three-year period and, and that how that was like the catapult, mm-hmm. the frustration. You know, you're, you're in ministry for a long time, and I think, I think that some of what we started with was birthed with frustration. Frustration because we wanted to see something real and something authentic. I, I, wanted, I wanted to be a part of a community where your yeah, leaders, the leaders are like, you can touch them. You can talk to them. You can engage with them. You might even get to have a meal with them. Like people that really want to live life with you. And so there was like this seed that was planted in our heart about what a real community would look like. But then sometimes, you know, when you're frustrated and and God plants something inside you, sometimes it has to die so God can like really birth it, right? And so I think that's what our three years was, was just like, okay, God, we have this vision and this stuff that you've given us, but let us let our hearts get settled just for the main thing, your presence and your people. And let everything else that's not that fade. And so we spent, like you said, three years praying, just praying, God, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? What is it going to look like? I just want to be used by you. I want to do what you've called me to do. So good. So you know, have you ever saw something and it just really bothered you and it like that needs to change? Are there certain things in your life 
right now when you see, and it could be anything, it could be something at, in the workforce, it could be something in the political arena, uh, it could be something that you see on the streets, something you think the church should do better, or the city should do better. How many get really irritated about things? Okay, now all the holy people raise your hand. Okay, praise oh, God. <laughs> so, now listen, we realize that instead of complaining yep. and criticizing leaders yep. and just bashing the bride of Christ yep. and pointing out all the flaws about the church, we began to see the church as beautiful and glorious and God was doing something with yeah. the church. So instead of criticizing the lack, we said, what if God wants us to become the more? Good. And then we just ran with it and we went for it. But there was a process of taking his heart and, and like, wow, God, you really love people. And it's not about a platform. It's about people. Yeah. And ministry is relational. And this whole dynamic of relationship. And so we felt like the Lord has called us to really see a new wineskin form in the earth. And, and we're a part of something significant right now, I think, in the body of Christ. There is really a dramatic shift taking place where, you know, churches... Uh, they're, they have like this atmosphere of like a corporate model. That thing, that wineskin is just crumbling. Yeah. And it's, it's about relationship. And it's about how many know that we don't need CEOs to domineer. We need fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. We're family. Kingdom is family. And that's what we've been seeing. And we went for it. Yeah. And uh, you came kicking and screaming. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So we, we just, you know, took our time and and uh, went through some church planning like assessment. Our pastor at the time blessed us, sent us out. And we started our first service nine years ago, a week, nine years ago, was at a coffee shop. Um, and let's, let's pop that picture up. This was the coffee shop. It's actually closed now. Saxby's Coffee Shop. Who remembers the coffee shop? Have you ever been there? Now, who is with us? Is there anyone in this service that was actually there in the building? Look at that. Just a handful. There was 15 to 20 people, just a dozen or so. And uh, we got kicked out because we were too loud. So we had to find another place the next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, now, okay, so this room right here, uh, times two, so there's a whole other side to it. It was like a large conference room. That was where we gathered. Yeah. And the worship team was Sadie right here on the front row. Yeah. You and I were singing. Uh, Daniel yeah. over here, Dan and Steph have been with us since during the three-year period. When we just started getting wrecked and it was powerful, Daniel was playing the djembe, Stephanie was on the cello, um, and then who else was that? That was our worship team. That was it. So it was cello, guitar, and God has done so much since then, but just the, that seed going into the ground was phenomenal. So let's reminisce a little bit. Let's go to the next picture. Okay, so this is in the, the school that we met after... Uh, after we um, moved out of the coffee shop, there was another spot we were in for about 60 days or not, no, like 30 days, like a month. So let's, let's pop that scripture up real quick. This is something that, um, this is a really powerful revelation. I was talking to somebody about this in between services. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Can you say Amen. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then the next two verses here. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Next verse. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So that three-year period and then the first few years of our church plant, we realized there's nothing wrong with the harvest. It's the labors that's God, that, that God's looking for. Yeah. We're praying for revival, not realizing that if we would just love, revival, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we choose to love, we release God's kingdom in the earth. Right. Yeah. Love is the reign of the kingdom. Yeah. It's the government of God. Yeah. Isaiah 16, 5 in the message, I love it, it says, a new government of love will be established in the venerable Davidic tradition. He's speaking of the Messiah. We realize that if we want to see the church built, edified, built up, grow, people, it's about people, it's about building people, the church is in a building, we are the church, not alone, but together, right. the body of Christ, yep. we just love. And if we want to see the kingdom advance, we just love. Right. And we began to see things differently because what God was doing in our hearts. When God does something in your heart, you see things differently. Yeah. You hear things differently. Yeah. 
If you're offended, you will hear offense. If, if you uh, have ought against somebody, they could encourage you with like 50 things, but you only heard one thing that wasn't even like rude, but it'll sound rude because you have a grudge against them. Whatever is going on in your heart will affect the way you hear and see things. So we were learning that God was breaking our hearts in a good way for the things that broke his heart. We saw people differently. We'd go through Henderson and we'd go through like some of the inner city areas of Henderson and the government projects. And we didn't see just broken people and, you know, whatever. We saw, we saw people that were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We didn't see pimps, prostitutes, drug dealers, and gang leaders. We saw sons and daughters that God wanted to bring home. We saw prodigal sons and daughters and we would prophesy over our city and say, God, you are reigning from heaven over Henderson and they might see dry bones, Ezekiel 37, but we declare it's an army of the living God. You're breathing on the valley of dry bones. So we're doing outreaches. We're partnering with Kingdom Partnership. There's other people in the community that are doing outreaches. So instead of competing with them, we said, let's partner with you. Come on. Do you remember the story of Jesus and the disciples? They're fishing all night, didn't catch anything. Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. Out in this says they launched into the deep. And that word in the Greek is into the darkness. Like they launched, so we were going into dark places. And then they said there was, it, the Bible says there was so much fish, they had to call their partners to come help them. There was kingdom partnership. And so uh, this, th we moved into this building after the school. And uh, let's just talk a little bit about this story, the prophetic confirmations, because it's just powerful, God's faithfulness. You want to share some of that? Sure. Um, you know, we, uh, we knew that we needed to move into something, a building, right? Um, because if you're a part of a, a ministry and you're doing tear, up, tear down and set up every week, it gets really, really old. Um, yeah. Daniel was there every morning at 7 a.m. with his pickup. Thank our, God for you, bro. Our garage did not hold a car. It held the church equipment. So we would load it up Hold and on, drop it off. let me tell the off. story. It's a short story. We had a car before you volunteered and said, all right, I'll be there, man. You know, just let me know. I would have come. I'm like, thanks for telling me now. <laughs> but we had a car that all the stuff would fit in. But I had Laris and Terrence with me, another two young men that were, and they had to ride to church from where we lived on the bumper and it was about a mile away. Dude, we just had to make it work. Thank God you showed up with the pickup, though. Yeah, uh, speaking of putting people in a car, you shouldn't. I think I packed 16 youth in my van once. Yes. I'm pretty sure we put 16 young people in a van. Um, anyways, so God was just moving and we needed a place and, you know, and, and so many things happened. There's so many things. Um, we were, we, we really felt like we were supposed to be on water street. And so Zach was praying downtown with, uh, another, a friend of his and, and we're just, he's praying on water street. Like there he just needs to be a service. building. Yeah. He was here at the last service. Yeah. We just need a building. And, um, and they, they encountered this lady who was like, she was like, when you guys stepped off the curb, I felt the Holy Ghost. And it was just like confirmation that they were where they're supposed to be. And um, she didn't know who we were. We didn't know who she was. She says, I stepped off the curb and I looked at you and I felt the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And she started prophesying of our ministry. It was just like a, a holy confirmation right yeah, there. That's good. So um, we've been prophesying, God, you are flooding Henderson with your glory. Yeah, and you're raising up an army. And so they walked by this building, and they're like, this building would work, but there's no for rent sign on it. So they're just like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And two weeks later, a for rent sign gets on the building. So we call the owner, not the real estate agent, the owner, negotiate with the, with the owner. We called the realtor. They never called back. Yeah, so. so. Yeah. Um, and, and we were, we were praying because we wanted something that was about 60 cents a square foot. We were a small church in an inner city area, couldn't afford much. They offered us this building at 55 cents a square foot and every, Every, everything else was like over a dollar a square foot. It on, was just on water unheard of to get that price on water street. We look up at the cross streets, the, the church is on water and army. Just right there on the corner. The two big prophetic words that the Lord just, and we didn't really, we didn't do that intentionally, was God's raising up an army and he's flooding. What happens in Henderson will affect Las Vegas. 
And one, one of the reasons we changed the name from Encounter Community Church to Encounter Church Las Vegas is because we felt like the Lord was expanding our tents yeah. in the city and the authority in the city. Um, so um, it was just really powerful, everything. And, and even people were like, oh, you're not going to get a church on Water Street. We've tried to get these provisions. And, and um, Zach's like, well, you don't know who I am, who my daddy is. Um, I didn't say that. I thought that. Well, you know. You will say what you're thinking. I sometimes, especially after 9 p.m. I will say what you're thinking off. also, too. True. Sometimes. It was the other way around when we first got married. She was the passive one. I was very aggressive. And now I'm like a little more mellow and you're just like, bam, cut and dry. I mean, chopping ears off like Peter. Come on, somebody. Well, I just, I'm just, um, I don't want to live without being honest. That's good. So Jesus is is working that out, though, that sometimes. I love it. You have to just walk in love. I love that you're sassy. It's great. It's awesome. So... We met with a friend of his dad, and um, we're like, wait, we want to get this church on Water Street. We didn't even hire him as an attorney at all. He was an attorney. He's like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me make a phone call. So he calls somebody he knows in the city and is like, hey, yeah, these guys, they want to they church. They're good people. Let them let have the church no, on Water Street. He actually did help us a little bit. I remembered pro bono, and usually this guy would charge five grand to represent, to get a use permit, a corporation, because he knows everybody. And like, I mean, that was a big deal. Pro bono. He's like, oh, no problem. Made a phone call and amazing. So not even, and we were like across the street from two casinos. casinos. And so, you know, like we're a church and they, they're letting us do this. So really, really easy. First meeting, city council meeting, not, no problem. Here you go. The building's yours. And we were there for four and a half years. Yeah. And God moved. God moved mightily. He did some amazing things there. So, Here's another picture. Here's Miss Glenda with another girl we did. That was one of our first Easter services at uh, the, the building on Water Street. Now, at this building, like, we saw pimps, prostitutes, gang leaders, drug dealers, drug addicts. I mean, people say hundreds of people saved, healed, and delivered. I'm not exaggerating. Preachers exaggerate on numbers. I am not exaggerating. If we, if we calculated what we've seen in the last nine years, it's probably over 1,500 people that have been made decisions for Christ or recommitments. And then the numbers go way beyond that for people that have encountered the presence, the love of God, and just been free. Amen. I mean, Amen. it's just incredible. So incredible. That's powerful. Can we give God praise for a minute? Come on. Thank you, Lord. This is one of our first worship services there. Look, no stage. Like, we just went for it, man. We're like, and that's me on the guitar. Uh, my beard was shorter then, praise God. Now, now it has grown exceedingly and abundantly above I could think, hope, ask, or believe God for glory. This was an outreach that we did. Um, we would have outreaches, and, uh, and God was just breathing upon the valley of dry bones, broken people just coming uh, and, and receiving Look, let's go to the next picture. I love this one here. This is one that we did. There, you see people raising their hands? They're saying yes to Jesus in this picture. There was about 70 plus people that committed their hearts to Jesus at this particular outreach. And this is one we did around uh, Halloween in a government project. We got permission to go there because we partnered with another ministry that was one of the first nonprofits to ever partner and get a, a, a piece of property that was owned by HUD. And they allowed a faith-based nonprofit to do ministry. And we got to participate. We used the building. And then we set up outside. And, uh, and we had just, I mean, there was, there was one time we set up in a park. And we had almost 1,000 people show up. And about 100 people made a decision for Christ. It was incredible. Um, one time we did a service downtown Henderson, which I'd love to do again someday. Maybe at the big amphitheater on Green Valley. Come on, somebody. And we had 500 people show up for Easter and a, like almost 100, another 100 made a decision for Christ, man. Families, I remember families coming to the altar together, weeping and receiving the love of God. Like, man, it's incredible what God's done. Uh, the next scripture, I love this verse. I want to read this. This is one of the verses that God really branded our hearts with 
I mean, this is like the vision, the cause. This is who we are. We read Matthew 9, but I love this one. Check this one out. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Why am I reading it like that? Because this was my verse for years and years and years. And God branded my heart like this is what I'm created to do. It doesn't need to be fancy. I just need to love people well and let God do the rest. And that's what we did. We took a step of faith. He has sent me, come on, to heal the brokenhearted in Henderson in Las Vegas, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Can you say amen? Let's go to, what, what's the next picture that we have? Oh, that's us in the building. Well, not us, but this is where, let's talk about that step of faith. Yeah. So when we knew God was, okay, you got to get a building. Like, we're like, um, okay. We outgrew that building in like two years or less. We should have gone to three services and we never really did. And so it stunted us as a, as a church. It stunted our growth. And, um, and you want to grow a church where you have families and stuff, but you're across the street from a casino and a block from the prison. So, you know, um, it wasn't really the jail. I mean, so, you know, you've got families and you don't really even walk around there at night by yourself. We minister to a lot of homeless in the area, and it's not He's that bad, Rochelle. That bad. She acts like it's Compton or something, dude. Come on. South Central. It's Louise, you're from South Central, bro. It ain't like that, huh? It's a downtown area, and when you have children, yes, it, was, it wasn't yeah. bad, but whatever. Anyways, we knew God was moving us, and we needed to move up and move on and, yeah. and, um, and move forward, you know? I'd love to have a, a, a satellite campus in that building, though, someday. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Or in the area. Yeah. Um, yes, because it's, it, yeah, it was powerful. So, um, we actually quadrupled our monthly rent moving here. It was a huge step of faith. You know, um, I, I just really believe this when God says to do something, even, even going to three services, God's just speaking to us as a team, go to three services, make room, do it, like keep moving forward. Like I, I believe our faith gets tested in ways we can't even imagine. And, um, and going, going from Water Street to here, quadrupling our monthly budget, and just like, I don't, God, how are you going to do this? You know, it was over $100,000 worth of a build-out. And my dad's like, well, I'll just I'll do it for as cheap as I can. He did it for seventy grand, um, and the, the, we, we got a lot of that in our lease. But still, when you take steps of faith, like, our faith gets tested, but we have to keep moving and let God ignite the fire behind our faith so that we can really see what he has for us. And, and I, if you would have asked me nine years ago, if you would have told me this is where we'd be, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. Because it's just God's faithfulness time and time again showing up. So we're just there was, to be When here. we were moving into this building, believing God for what we needed, there was a time... Uh, her, her dad called and he's like, I don't have money for the flooring in the bathroom. You guys are gonna have to do that. Maybe you can get the word out. So we measured it. We got the measurements. My wife and I, before we said anything, we went to the, uh, we went to Home Depot and, uh, and we, we found some tile. It was a good deal. It was nice tile. And, uh, and we found that, or we calculated it was going to be like 600 and change while we're there. Okay. We get a text from one of our church members within two minutes of us finding out how much it's going to cost. And this lady said, the Lord spoke to my heart to donate this amount uh, towards build out and stuff. It was just over the amount that we needed for the tile flooring. I mean, it was just like, yeah. talk about on time, man. Yeah. So it was good. amazing. Yeah, so and the Lord, and all that stuff's important. Like we want to expand. This is, this is just important, you know, getting behind the vision and just saying, okay, yes, Lord. Yes, God. I love what you shared for service. And I'm hoping uh, you could do it again, but just even better. But it was amazing. So just, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, you, we talked about this verse in Philippians 2.13. Um, and, and I'm really, I, honestly, I don't think I've had this much, uh, like, awe of what God's doing in our body. 
I mean, right now, and even with our staff and our team and, and those of you, the, the level of excellence and just where we're headed and the partnerships with, uh, you know, pastors and, and, and also seeing leaders rise up in the body. Like there's a, a lot of you are like pastors and teachers and you don't know it. Or maybe you know it. Maybe it's something that's like dormant in you. Maybe you tried to pioneer church. It didn't work out. Well, maybe you're not called to pioneer church. Maybe you're called to pastor within a larger body. And so we have revival groups launching and we just anticipate uh, multiplication like crazy. And we're going to three services starting next week. And remember, it's 8.30 next week, not 9. 8.30, 10, and 11.30. How many are excited about that? Come on. How many early birds are excited about the 8.30? They were all wow, the, they were all at the 9 a.m., praise God. <laughs> they are, actually. How many are excited about the 1130? <laughs> oh, your sister, raise her hand. I always mess with her. I'm like, you better not be late to church. <laughs> I always give her a hard time. But we talk about where we're, where we're going and where we're headed. And this verse, let's read this verse. I love it in the New Living Translation about just God empowering our yes and getting behind our yes where we're going. It says, for God is working. You look so beautiful today. Look at the first lady, y'all. She looks so wonderful and amazing. I'm just hypnotized by your eyes, baby. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Just kidding. (laughs) For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, when I talk about that faith step, there's so many times when God is like, I, I, I just want you to do this. And you're unsure because you can't do it by yourself or, or you don't have what it takes or, or you're not the person for the job or, or you, don't, you don't meet the expectations or, or you're like, but God, don't you know what happened in my past? And, and you're living based off your circumstances or, or being a victim to what, um, what has happened to you in the past. Instead of saying, God, I believe your word, and when you say go, I'll step out because you will give me the power to do what pleases you. You give me the ability to do what you've called me to do. You know, oh, you guys aren't feeling me this morning. Are you feeling me, saints? When you take the step of faith and you come out of your comfort zone, you come out of the shadow into the light of who God is, he meets you where you are. See, faith is a risk, but faith is the step that is needed because, see, God answers with, he answers our faith. It's like the the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is a substance. Faith is tangible. Faith is a movement. Faith says, responds to the word of God, responds to the voice of God. I'm I'm not a very, um, I don't know, like when I think about myself, when I, when I, when I, you know, observe who I am, I'm not a risk taking person per se. I'm not the kind of person that that doesn't see the reality. Like, you know, there's people that are practical people. I see the glass, and it's not half full, it's not half empty, it's half. Like, the, I'm the realist, realistic person. Like, you know, like, I will never sing on a worship team. And my husband's like, well, you can learn how to sing. I'm just not going to sing on a worship team. Like, that's the reality. And if you ask me your opinion, I'm going to tell you. You know, like, I'm going to be the realist person. But when God says to do something, When he takes two people, like he's super awesome and super anointed and just amazing. And so I knew God would use him. But me? I was okay living in the shadow, having nothing to say and not ever being seen. But when God said, step out of the shadow, Rochelle, I have something for you. Step out of your comfort zone and love people. Everything changed for me. Everything changed. And learning to love myself so that I could love people well was such a step of faith into the unseen. I can't even begin to express to you. 
But God's put something inside of each one of you this morning. And it is our job as leaders not to lord over you and not to control you or manipulate you or to make you think a certain way because we're the ones holding a microphone. But our job as leaders is to be servants, to be foot washers, right. to call the dreams out of uh, from inside of you, to see you walk in your destiny, to see you be who God has created you to be. So I want you this morning to say, what is the thing that you've put inside of me? Is it dormant? Am I hiding in the shadow because I don't feel good enough or I don't feel like I'm the person for this job, but God, you've said to do it. So I encourage you this morning, people of God, step out of the shadow, step out of your comfort zone, step out of the known into the unknown and let God meet you in the unknown place of your faith because that's where he says, I give you the power, the authority, the ability to do what I've put on the inside of you. God, you're so faithful. And you remember we had abundance. The market changed. We lost houses. We had nothing. And then God says, okay, I want you to plant a church. I'm like, Lord, why couldn't you set it when I had money in the bank? But God provided. And we had to trust. And there were times we didn't know where groceries were going to come from, how we were going to feed our kids, and they'd show up on the doorstep. He's so faithful. When you say yes, oh, and you choose to love, man, I'm telling you, it's amazing. And it just, like, I feel like we've just barely begun, and we're just starting to run the race. And all of heaven's behind us. And as long as we stay low, humble, and know who we are and love well, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. If you're looking for a church, you found one. You're here. You're home. You belong before you believe. You, you, you are welcome here. And I'm telling you, this community is turning into a movement that will not only impact the city, we will be talked about, not all positive either, because anytime you reform and you challenge old wineskins, there's going to be some naysayers, but we will be talked about all over. People will come, hear me, and I don't say this out of pride, I say it out of confidence, knowing who God has made us. All over the nations, they'll say, we got to go to that spot in Vegas and encounter The Father has been so faithful. Every gathering in nine years has been kissed with his beautiful manifest presence. Lord, thank you for your presence. We love you. Jesus, we worship you. We bless you. We say yes to you. And Father, I bless your people right now. I thank you for this body that we're not just a gathering in a room. We're an assembled army. We're being fitly framed together for purpose, for mobilization, Lord, for a movement in the earth to change our city and beyond, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that right now. Would you do me a favor? We're going to close. And I want to ask our intercessory team right now, our prayer team, just begin to pray right now. Would you just pray in the Holy Spirit? And if you're in this place, just close your eyes. I want to ask you to just open your heart, lift your hands if you'd like, and, and just receive what God's doing. How many feel like the, the Lord is really speaking to their heart, uh, your heart and dreams and vision and just he's calling you to rise up? If you sense that, just lift your hands in the air and just receive. Come on, prayer team. I want to hear you. I want to hear that roar. I want to hear just that. Come on, pray, pray. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. That's it. Mama Lori, I want to hear you. Come on. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It's nothing like your presence, Lord. It's nothing like your presence. Shh. Wow. 
Sadie and Luis, think about how good God has been. You've been with us the whole time. Luis, you got saved at youth. Come on, you're not a youth anymore, though. You got two kids, man, and a wife. Think about the faithfulness of God. Thank you guys for just walking the journey with us and being a part of it. You are our main sound guy for years. Well, we couldn't have had church without you, man. Thank you for honoring and loving and serving. Thank you for being like a son. team would you come up right now just quickly come I want to dismiss I could start prophesying over people and just praying and I, I I'm not going to do that right now I don't feel like that's where we're supposed to go the reason I could is because I love you all so much when you love there's just a fountain of life that flows amen so here's what we're going to do if you you want to recommit your life, you want to surrender to Jesus, you need healing, you need, this is going to be an overhaul altar call right here, okay? You need a touch from God. You feel like what my wife was sharing, it's time to rise up. You kept saying it in first service, you're not a victim, you're a victor. Rise up, rise up. Some of you have been hurt by ministries that were domineering. Listen, you're in a house where your feet will be washed spiritually. Like, and we, we want to see healing come to your heart. If you've been under that, come and receive prayer. We just want to love you. We want to honor you. We want to bless you. We want to pray uh, and just say we're behind you and we're for you. If you need a new start, whatever you need, today is your day to receive life from heaven. I want you to close your eyes. And if there's anyone in this house right now I, that just says, yeah, I need, I need any of those things. I need, I need some of those things in my life. Just raise your hand up high right now. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's hands going up. Come on. Anyone else? You need prayer. You've been looking for a home. Raise your hand up high. You've been looking for a home. Come on. You've been looking for a church. Your home. We bless you. In Jesus' name, anyone that raised their hand, I want to ask you to stand up and just boldly come down to the front and receive. And as they come, come on, would you just give God praise and thank him? Come on. Yes, Lord. Come right up front here. We're going to have our prayer team minister to you. Anybody else? I saw a few more hands raised. That's it. Come on. Give another praise God and just thank God for new beginnings. Anyone else needs prayer? We're going to dismiss, and then we'll, we'll stay up here. Our prayer team will stay up here to pray. Um, and we just, we'd love to bless you. It's lopsided, so you guys can come over here. There's people over here, too. Praise God. Anybody else, just come. We love you. We bless you. Anything else you would like to say prophetically in this moment that I might be missing before you dismiss? So I just believe that if there is been a seed of a dream of God inside of you. Stop letting it be dormant. Rise up, step out of the shadow, come into the light of his truth and his word, and let him be the increaser in your life. In Jesus' name.